2: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network, your
2: team, team. Every, day, every, day, every, day, every
1: day. All right, it is episode number 219 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. And what do you know, somehow, someway, we're still here at Redskins Park. It's like we never leave. Uh, one guy who is a tireless worker, just constantly devoted to his craft on both the NFL and the NBA with the Washington Wizards, as well college basketball, and much, much more than just that. It's my guy, Ben Standing of NBC Sports Washington and NBC Sports and he's still with us, even though, yes, he was with us on episode number 218 we decided we twisted his arm to get him to stay for episode 219 or at least a part of it he is the original host of this fandangled thing the locked on redskins podcast uh and you also did the locked on wizards podcast as well did you not Ben?
0: i did to uh critical acclaim by people in my house yes i did the.
1: (laughs) you you have the same critical acclaim problems that i have huh
0: Take what you can get. Take what you can get. You gotta, if you can't, if you can't be proud of yourself, sometimes, uh, what are you gonna do? My
1: my guy Ben Standing, he does it all. Uh, make sure you check him out on Twitter at Ben Standing and NBC Sports Washington and NBC Sports Washington.com uh, So we covered a bunch of things, of course, uh, in in the segment. You know that you joined us for uh, on two eighteen, team, but I, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on a couple of things. The Redskins again added, you know, they as you mentioned, they didn't add a safety in the draft. They signed a college free agent. Again, teams do that all the time. We covered Bryce Love. We covered the wide receiver situation with Harmon and McLaurin. I wanted to get your opinion on a guy like Jimmy Moreland, the cornerback that they took with the first of two picks in the seventh round. Small school kid, James Madison University, but a ball hawk. He said he's a dog when he talked to reporters uh, here at Redskins Park. After his selection, 18 interceptions, can play on special teams, yet he's only like, what, 5'9 and change, and he's got less than 30-inch arms. When you see a guy like that, you see why clearly he goes again in the seventh round or later round. But do you think a guy like that can just be? If he displays what he displayed at James Madison, can he do that in the NFL with any kind of reasonable hope? Or are you just trying to take a flyer that somehow, some way, you just find this incredible diamond in the rough that was just overlooked and underrated?
0: I mean, I guess the answer is yes to both. Because look at what look at their current depth chart last year. Quarterbacks four through six were Greg Stroman, a seventh round pick, Adonis Alexander, the sixth round pick in the supplemental draft, and Danny Johnson, an undrafted free agent who had a pretty good uh, career in college. But you know, size uh, you know drops him out. So the Redskins l- clearly like that profile at cornerback. It's almost bizarre, right? Other than Fabian Moreau, who's a third round pick, every single corner they have was a late round pick, including Josh Norman. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess so. I think it's just a case of. He clearly has the skills. Does he have enough size to compete on the NFL level? When you're dealing with receivers who are six two, six three, six four, that's obviously going to be a big question. But you have to be aggressive. We know that position. That mindset is: I'm the man. I'm the. I'm the. I got a dog in me. Whatever. Whatever he said. And you just have to believe. But I think in in the case here, uh, you know, as much as I liked Danny Johnson a year ago, and Stroman had some moments, we didn't really see much of, of Alexander you'd have to think anybody could come in there and potentially steal a spot. So it's certainly conceivable he makes this team. Obviously, they drafted him for the hopes of that, but, you know, he can't keep everybody. So, uh, sure, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see how, how he does. But, he, you know, you got to have that aggressive mindset at that position, and he clearly seems to have that.
1: Just following up on that, and you mentioned a bunch of those guys. And by the way, you had pointed out to me—I'll give you credit—you know, you had sang the praises of Danny Johnson during the summer. I remember at a phone conversation I had with you in like early July, and you said, "Watch out for this guy." And obviously, he made the team and contributed. Um, And you mentioned Alexander and Strowman, and we've talked about them obviously a number of times. And essentially, you know, we don't know—we don't know what Quinton Dunbar's kind of health moving forward is because remember he had this mysterious shin issue with you know uh, like some numbness and, and and all that so they can't necessarily count on him we feel pretty good about Moreau Josh Norman is a guy that I wanted to get your opinion on even though this is more about the draft but it kind of fits into the conversation that we have again they only take the one corner but a guy like Norman who makes the kind of money that he does under the cap and he's what i would describe as good, not great. Got beat for eight touchdowns last year according to Pro Football Focus, all that jazz. Again, has a big tra a big mouth. He, he he believes in like having a second and a third career and all that stuff. Do you you don't think there's any chance that 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 he gets cut? I would assume you know like moving forward here and that he's not on the team, but are you of the thought that they are doing everything they can to prepare for life after Josh Norman?
0: I don't – are they? I mean, they – at the moment – like, I never believed that they were invested in taking it, or at least I didn't believe that they would take a cornerback in the first two rounds uh, when I would go through the list of needs. Some people would tell tell me corner, and I I just couldn't believe it. Not that you don't necessarily need one, but you already have a huge investment in Norman. You you know, Moreau is, you know, two years away from your third-round pick, and Dunbar, at least when he played last year, was – a, a, a reasonable player, with the injury aside, you would have, in order. So, but I guess with with what, and then we mentioned we mentioned those uh, younger guys behind them. If you let Josh Norman go, what what do you have? So, you, what do you have that you know really proven that you know that's healthy, at least that for us to know it's healthy? So I didn't believe it. So you, if they drafted a, a, a corner at fifteen, maybe in the second round. I mean, maybe you could look at it. But th- what what will be the upside of getting rid of Josh Norman now? What do you? We're deep into the free agency there's not tons left so what are you spending the money on i i i don't believe it. but then going forward same thing they didn't draft anybody i'm not counting the kid in the sixth round so they didn't essentially draft anybody so i don't think they've done anything to address a future without josh norman obviously some guys can get better and look you know you let him go you just sign another free agent next year and that's probably the likelihood if, if he moves on but you know again i i, I would point to just simply this is obviously a big year for the Redskins. They have missed the playoffs three years in a row. If they don't make it this year, who knows what happens. And it could be a new coach, maybe front office changes. And at that point, Josh Norman's future is way up in the air, as would be a lot of guys on the team. But the fact that he makes a lot of money definitely puts him in the crosshairs. i would just lastly say, once they get rid of DJ Swearinger, to me I basically stamped Josh Norman on the roster. How do you get rid of two guys in the secondary who, you know, we didn't get the safety. Yes, they got Landon Collins now, but, like, free safety, you might be URI playing that position at this point, which would be bad for them. But, uh, but I mean, they have so many other questions in the secondary. I don't say how you let Josh Norman go anywhere. You
1: know, I agree on the surface it doesn't make sense, and you're absolutely right. If they would have put a heavier emphasis on actually drafting one early, you could say, okay, so I, don't, I, I didn't think it was going to happen at the beginning of the offseason. I did think it was going to happen. I just wonder if at some point they get a little bit, I know they're already tired of the diva and the Hollywood stuff and all that, and if they feel like, you know what, kind of like it's a different argument because it's a different player, and I'm not suggesting that they're one and the same, but they got rid of Orlando Scandrick pretty quickly, even though they had really no answers last year in terms of filling the role that they ideally signed him for because they decided, you know what, this guy isn't good enough to deal with some of the trash that you've got to deal with. I just wonder if they get that itchy trigger finger at some point with Josh Norman. I agree with you, it probably won't happen. I guess I just wonder, we always think, well, you you, you have to have an immediate answer for Josh. Well, you know, some teams think the opposite way. We're going to invest in the front seven and we're going to put a ton of pass rush pressure and we're going to stop the run, which is going to help out our back end and we don't have to have a heavy commitment um in terms of big time talent on the back end one more thing that I wanted to ask you about uh, and let you go I guess overall from top to bottom start to finish A to Z soup to nuts this Redskins draft for you if you had to put a report card grade on it and I don't know, maybe you're doing this for NBC Sports Washington so you don't have to like what grade would you give it? Just in the immediate aftermath.
0: By the way, we also forgot Dominic Rogers, Camardi. I don't know really how he fits in, but a veteran guy fits. In. Presumably, he'll be around somewhere. Well,
1: he'll be. He'll be. I think he'll be the starting slot if he makes it through training camp in the preseason, right? With Moreau and presumably Josh Norman, which removes the pressure off of Dunbar. But I guess if Dunbar's healthy. You know, that might change the thinking. I just don't know how they can trust Dunbar at this point.
0: I mean, and I hadn't thought about this too much, but I was thinking last year they were p- pushing pushing their luck with three kids with no experience as four, five, and six, and Strowman had to get thrown in there a few times when uh, when Dunbar was hurt. So it did almost feel like we just have to get a veteran. But in any event, uh, great, great on this draft. Boy, you know, I think after day one everybody was thinking an A, but g- give me a, 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 a B – I love the, the Montez Sweat move. I mean, if you're telling me if, if the heart condition is not serious or not a factor at all, depending on which of these reports we heard that he was misdiagnosed, they traded away a 2020 second second-round pick for a guy that was considered a top-10 selection prior to this news of the heart condition at, at, at an area where they desperately need some help and that he's a, a fast guy for a defense that lacks speed. That, that, that could be a home run move there. He he was somebody I, I was really I really liked. Beyond that, McLaurin looks pretty interesting, uh, another speed guy, and then look, everything else from, from the fourth round on, look, you know, you, you just have to hope the guys can contribute. The two guards, they needed more of that. Bryce Love, as we discussed, maybe that's a, a 2020 thing. That leads it to Haskins, and the only reason I'm not going to go with an A and leave it to a B is because of the why is Dwayne Haskins here angle. Is he here because... The organization believes he, they need a long-term answer. He's the best quarterback available. They decided to go for that. Or was it, as people have reported on some level, a split a split in the organization, ownership on one side, the coaching on the other, and the ownership push for this quarterback? If that's the case, I, I mean, look, Dwayne has I – mean, they didn't give up any picks – Dwayne Haskins is an absolutely reasonable pick at 15. Nobody should question it from that perspective. But it's like, oh, boy, are we back to this again? It, 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 to what degree this split, if it truly exists, I know people have said it does. But, like, if it, if it's that bad, that's not great because, obviously, in a year where, again, Jay Gruden needs to win, he's getting – if he wasn't really into this, he's getting stuck with a quarterback who he maybe not want and likely is going to have to put in at some point. I mean, unless Case Keenum starts at year 4-1, <laughs> at some point we're going to see Dwayne Haskins in there, if not sooner than later. And at that point, what, what, what do you have? And then just lastly, you know, was this Haskins move a plan for the next five years? We, we like this guy. We're going to invest in this guy. We're going to be patient. Or was it, as has often been the case for the last 20 years, thinking of the next 10 minutes? The fan base is mad. We need to sell tickets, things like that. And if that's the case, then I, then I fear what's to come. But in a general sense, Haskins is a reasonable selection at 15. It was not a reach. People had him there. You just have to hope it works out with him and Gruden. But how they got to him is maybe why I can't give it the full uh, A-grade.
1: I pretty much agree with everything you just said. So we're going officially you and I, but I'm going to give you most of the credit. Uh, A solid B, right?
0: Solid B. I mean, uh, Maybe a B-plus? Eh, you know, get, me, you know get, me, get a drink or two in me. It's possible. I mean, you know, the, the, the only whole... Get, a,
1: get him a scotch, ladies and gentlemen. Get him a scotch. Or some Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets or something like that.
0: The, the, the Redskins uh, were, were kind enough to feed us these three days, and I ate way too much. Uh, we had Chick-fil-A the other day, way too much. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the only position at this point that they didn't effectively address is free safety. And, look, maybe Monty Nicholson comes back, and that's. And they also have Troy Apke. We keep forgetting about him, at least I do.
1: I think Jay Gruden wants to forget about him.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, the rookies alone are not going to solve all their holes. It could, most of these guys will take a minute or two to figure it out. But in general, they they, they seem like they got reasonable players. I do wonder about two, the the guards where they picked a little too early, but okay, they needed some guards, and and, and we'll see. People seem, some people seem to like them. So by and large, I I have to think they did a reasonable job. Like I said, the Haskins thing. Time will tell on 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 that.
1: My guy, Ben Standing, the original host of the Locked on Redskins podcast, kind enough to spend some extra time with us here at Redskins Park uh, as we do this here on episode number 218. Thank you, my friend. Uh, at Ben Standing on Twitter, NBC Sports Washington uh, on the old TV, NBCSportsWashington.com and the My Teams app, right?
0: I believe everything you just said is factually correct, but it's uh, been uh – I'm I'm uh, my brain is still fried from the from the draft even though we're we're talking after the draft but uh, yeah
1: not a lot of time to rest when you're Ben Standing and you're slaying it over a hot keyboard. My man, thank you Ben Standing for joining us. When we come back more content more about the newest members of the Washington Redskins, analytics aplenty and what the scouts are saying. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Guys, it is Chris Russell here for ZipRecruiter.com. Yeah, ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked On will help you out. You know hiring is a challenge. It's hard to find the right person. Takes a long time, a lot of resumes, too many applications, too many people that think they know and are qualified when they're really not. Here's how ziprecruiter.com makes it easy. You go to ziprecruiter.com slash locked on. You go to ziprecruiter.com, and ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidate so you can never miss a great match. What's wrong with that? Nothing, right? ZipRecruiter. Is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. Right now, my listeners here on the Locked on Redskins podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive website address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked On. That's right, ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked On. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O. O-N, ZipRecruiter.com, slash on the smartest way to hire. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 219. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to our pal, Ben Standing, for joining us from Redskins Park. Uh, in all full disclosure, we recorded that after Saturday night's draft, just the way it kind of works out to be. We used part one in our post-draft rac- recap Uh, And then, of course, part two, we start the show and episode number 219 out with. So we promised uh, to give you some of, uh, you know, some analytics and what the scouts are saying about the Redskins draft. And uh, I thought the easiest way to do this was to kind of, you know, take from some of the sources that provide so much great information just so you guys can see what the experts are saying. Uh, both pre-draft and post-draft. Now, as you know, the Redskins are getting lauded for their drafts. USA Today's For the Win had them as the number two uh, top draft uh, in the NFL, just behind the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, There were many, 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 many national reporters and correspondents who graded each and every team's draft, and the Redskins came out with basically the second-highest composite score. So, on paper, it looks like the Redskins absolutely hit a home run here. Of course, drafts aren't decided on paper. We all know that. We should know that. We have to realize that. I gave them a B+. Uh, I was guest on uh, ABC7WJLA-TV on Sunday night uh, after the draft, and I was asked to basically grade the draft, and the host, Chip Rearer, Uh, who is kind of new to this market, but has been around the Redskins down in Richmond, so we kind of knew each other from there. Um, He basically kind of assumed that I was going with an A, and I said, well, let's let's hold back and Let's go with a B plus because it truly does depend on how good Dwayne Haskins is, right? I really do think it's a good draft. It certainly could be an A draft. It could be an A-plus draft if Dwayne Haskins turns out to be Ben Roethlisberger-like instead of Byron Lefwich like which I've seen both comparisons, and I think he's somewhere, quite honestly, in between all that. But let's get to Haskins. You know a lot of the numbers, and you know a lot of the measurables, but— The one thing that kind of jumps out to me when you read scouting reports on Dwayne Haskins, and again, I'm going to leave it to the experts because I can tell you what I think, and I've told you forever that I think Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback in this draft, but a guy like Dane Brugler, who has scouted the NFL draft for years and years and years and does a tremendous job with his draft guide uh, for the Athletic, uh, and throughout the year getting ready for the NFL draft, says that Haskins is a quote-unquote special arm talent. He calls him long-levered, but he has an efficient load and fire release with the ball exploding off of his hand. And that's where I want to kind of jump in and say that's why he doesn't remind me of Byron Lefwitch. When people try to make that comparison, Byron Leftwich had a long windup, a long kind of elongated delivery. I don't see that with Dwayne Haskins. And even though, again, Brugler calls him long-levered, He right away qualifies and says he has an efficient load and fire release uh, with the ball exploding out of his hand, which means he gets rid of the ball quickly and it comes out fast and hard and with good velocity. Um, And he talks about it being unforced velocity to drive the ball to every inch of the field, meaning he can make every throw without having to put everything in it, right? Right. Throws to receivers open with a natural feel for accuracy. Large framed, sturdy passer, sees the entire field, stands tall in the pocket to allow routes to develop, comfortable making high or low reads, resetting his eyes on the move, productive on throws of 20 plus yards. He had a 45% uh, completion rate with 14 touchdowns and one interception on throws of 20 plus yards. These are all the things that, make it easy to fall in love with Dwayne Haskins. Some people had him as the number one quarterback in the draft, i.e. Dane Brugler, Sports Information Solutions, which we've used a lot here. Um, I think Pro Football Focus had Kyler Murray, but I could be wrong on that. I had him as the number one, meaning Haskins, quarterback in this draft. Yet, there are plenty of people that I've talked to around the NFL that don't hold him in the regard, that he's got a lot of work to do to get ready. People are worried about his prima donna, uh, or not prima donna, but his overly involved dad. Uh, People are worried about his lack of mobility. People are worried about him making a transition to the West Coast offense. I say you don't have to force feed and jam the West Coast offense down his throat in year one. Let him slowly develop working from under center. Let him slowly develop the route concepts, and the footwork, marrying the eyes and the reads, run a lot of the spread option, run a lot of the stuff that Ohio State was running to make Dwayne Haskins comfortable. He wasn't a good fit, really, by his natural skill set at Ohio State, and yet he was masterful in it in a pretty good defensive conference. Now, of course, the NFL is much, 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 much better than any team even a great team in the Big Ten in terms of defense. So that's the ultimate question, whether he'll be able to have that type of success or even somewhere close to that on the NFL level. But I also know he'll be able to fully focus on the NFL, and he'll be able to get better. Now, some people are worried, quite honestly, whether he'll eat his way out of the league. Listen... Um, I mean, it's not hard to lose weight as a professional athlete. I mean, it is hard to lose weight, period. I've struggled with it my whole life and to keep it off and to keep going and to keep pushing. But it's not hard for a professional athlete who's getting paid millions of dollars, who has everything taken care of him, to lose 20, 25, 30 pounds. It's not hard. In terms of weaknesses, according to Brugler, um, he says, you know, he Haskins has an outstanding fastball, needs improved touch on layered throws to put the ball between levels of defense. Uh, again, that is kind of normal for a lot of quarterbacks. He calls and says Haskins has a busy lower body, often throwing with a wide base or flat feet. Again, that's mechanics that can be taught and coached. Uh, hopefully can be slowly improved. Bad habit. Brugler says of abandoning his base instead of stepping into the rush pocket presence showed steady improvement, but he's still on the ground level long lean lower body, which works against him when attempting to evade pocket pressure not a graceful scrambler and lacks creative mobility guilty of staring down targets forecasting throws to defenders with his big body and eyes. And his timing as a passer lacks sophistication, dumping it off too quickly or holding the ball too long. A lot of these criticisms, and they're all fair, basically tell me of a guy who's still raw. And I get it. He's still raw. I understand that. I don't think Dwayne Haskins should play anytime soon. I wouldn't play him until a minimum, minimum, of week six of the NFL season. I would even go so far to say get through to the bye week at the minimum. And if Case Keenum, somehow Colt McCoy is staying healthy, then you don't have to use him. You get him coached. You get him right. You get him ready mentally and physically. You get him in time to develop. Sure, he'll still be raw when he actually plays. The problem is is the Redskins are likely to use him in week two or week three when things are not going well. So I just wanted to pass that along uh, on Dwayne Haskins uh, from, again, one expert's point of view, and that's Dane Brugler. When we come back, we'll finish up with what scouts told Bob McGinn of Bob McGinn Football, who runs an excellent website, uh, used to cover the Packers full-time for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, We'll finish up the show with that, and then we'll save the rest for another episode, episode number 220. This is the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 219. Good to have you with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, and at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram back in a flash.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft
1: Monday on
2: the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast,
1: part of the Locked
2: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, we're back here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast. Just a minute or two to wrap this up. Here as we dig a little bit deeper onto the Redskins' uh, 2019 draft class, uh, starting with Dwayne Haskins and what all the scouts are saying and what all the scouting reports are saying, the deep dig stuff. And this from Bob McGinn of bobmcginfootball.com. Bob McGinn, longtime Packer, beat writer, but gets excellent analysis and quotes and direct reports from scouts. So I've always found his stuff to be fascinating and wanted to pass a couple of things along uh, to you out of the Dwayne Haskins uh, section. Again, BobMcGinnFootball.com is how you subscribe to his year-round coverage of the NFL draft, the NFL, and of course, the Green Bay Packers. A scout told McGinn that he reminded, uh, meaning Haskins, of the scout of Steve McNair. And not because of the obvious that Steve McNair was a black quarterback, Quote, he didn't have great speed either, but he knew how to move around the pocket. Haskins is a pocket guy. He's exactly what you want in the National Football League. Someday, Patrick Mahomes is going to get hurt. Deshaun Watson is always hurt. RG3 got hurt. This guy is special. A third scout said, If he's at his best, he's a bottom 15 quarterback in the NFL. Concerning, right? Franchise quarterbacks make everybody better. He's not that guy. He needs to be on a good team like he had at Ohio State. If he has no talent around him, you're talking about a 2-14, 3-13 season. He's not dynamic enough to bring them out of that. He gets a little long and a little high on his throws at times, the deep corners. I worry a little bit about his weight. That's what we talked about last segment. Listen, some concerns there. There's no doubt about that. But name me one quarterback that's good enough by himself to lift a team from 2-14, and 3-13. There's not any. None. Even Tom Brady. So let's stop with that, please. All right, more on Dwayne Haskins and more on the Redskins 2019 draft class coming up in episode number 220. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.